Good morning, everyone. It is just past 1 a.m. here on Sunday, May 17th. And of course, this is the eighth episode of the weekly news roundup. So before we get into it, of course, this podcast is sponsored by the Mission Essential Gear Company. Who are they and what is my relationship with them? Veteran-owned and operated company. They sell t-shirts, silkies, field manuals, uh, tactical gear, all that good stuff. What's my relationship with them? Um, Well, I'd actually been purchasing their products about a year or so before the owner uh, basically approached me with opportunity to come on and bring what I do here to their website. Again, that's at stayready.me. Um, so yeah, check them out. Uh, I met the owner of the company through one of my friends I made in bootcamp. So they're, they're good guys. Um, my friend in bootcamp was actually since brought onto the company, um, probably within the past couple months or so. Good guys. I could vouch for them. Affordable gear, good quality gear, right? That's what matters. Affordability and quality. Um, and yeah, just check them out, stayready.me. And of course, that is the same place you can find our blog. And with that being said, we will get this started. All right, and we will start off with the COVID-19 numbers and news. So the week began with 4,025,000 cases, 279,000 deaths, and 1,376,000 recoveries. And the week ended with... 4,637,000 cases, 311,000 deaths, and 1,694,000 recoveries, and those are all global numbers. So taking a look at those numbers real quick, we got uh, give or take about 600,000 new cases, 30,000 deaths, and again, give or take 300,000 recoveries, right? And that's pretty much what we saw with last week. So if anything, at least it looks like the numbers are kind of starting to level off here a little bit. So that's some good news. The Colombian airline carrier Avionica filed for bankruptcy after global air traffic declined well over 90%. And that's something we're going to be seeing a lot of, unfortunately. And also Disneyland Shanghai opened up this week with new social distancing rules and thousands of people descended on the park, which is the first Disney park to open up amid all this chaos, if you will. And of course, there's a lot more that happened um, and we put all of that into our daily COVID-19 updates if you want to find those. Those are on the Instagram page, and they're also on the blog at stayready.e. Instagram as Analyze Educate. All one word, no weird characters or anything like that. And we'll move on to Africa. On the 10th, the Libyan National Army launched a massive artillery barrage on Tripoli as it has been trying to capture the city from the government and national court for over four, 14, over 13 months at this point. There were even some reports of our men storming Tripoli's main water supplier, which reduced uh, supply on hand, supposedly. Turkey, which backs the GNA, said that Libya National Army forces could become legitimate targets if they continued to assault the city. I will point out that Turkish proxies have already been fighting with the LNA for months at this point, so that's nothing new. Also on the 10th, in Mali... A UN-marked vehicle hit a roadside bomb, killing three and wounding three soldiers, peacekeeping soldiers. 
All of those wounded and killed were Chidanian peacekeeping troops in the country as part of a UN mission. The mission, involving over 13,000 troops from several countries, seeks to promote peace amid widespread insurgency in the country. On the 14th in Mozambique, uh, the country announced that its security forces had killed over 50 insurgents in quote-unquote recent days in the Cabo Delgado region. The region has been subject to immense violence for several years, especially by militias with links to the Islamic State. Moving on to the Middle East on the 10th in the Gulf of Oman. During a training exercise, training exercise, excuse me, the Iranian Navy frigate Jamarin fired an anti-ship missile at the support ship Conorak. The missile, which is in a testing phase, killed 19 sailors and injured 15 others on that support ship. This is another blow to the public image of Iran's military, especially after they shot down that Ukrainian airliner back in early January, killing all 176 people on board. And again, this is a training exercise where they just accidentally fired a missile at one of their own ships. So, I don't know how that happens, but... Also on the 10th, Iranian government spokesman, busy week in Iran, Iranian government spokesman Ali Rabi'i, I'm sure I butchered that, said the country is prepared for a prisoner exchange with the United States, the swap could include Iranian university professor Sirius Asghari, who is in U.S. custody, and Michael R. White, a Navy veteran who is in Iranian custody. Asghari was arrested by the FBI in, I believe, 2013 for allegedly stealing trade secrets, among other charges, which weren't specified. He contracted COVID-19 sometime before April 28th when it was revealed again, while he's in U.S. custody. ICE officials told his lawyers that he would not be released to a hospital unless he was struggling to breathe. So that's fun. White was arrested in 2018 while visiting his girlfriend in Iran. He was sentenced to 10 years in prison for assaulting the country's supreme leader and posting a private picture publicly. He was released on March 19th, 2020 on humanitarian grounds to the custody of the Swiss embassy in Iran, although he is not allowed to leave the country. Now, for all my Americans out there, and well, actually pretty much anyone that lives in a Western country, which is the vast majority of you, just take a second to think about how great it is to not get 10 years in prison for assaulting someone in government. I'll leave you with that. On the 11th, uh, I actually missed this incident in one of my articles, so I do apologize for that. I just came across this yesterday. Um, but on the 11th, at least 27 soldiers with the Afghan National Army were killed and several vehicles were destroyed after the Taliban ambushed their convoy in Logman province. Nine soldiers are supposedly missing as well. And that 
ties into my articles in Afghanistan on the blog. Next day on the 12th, Afghan President Ashraf Ghani ordered the military into an offensive posture after two separate assaults on civilians in the country on the same day. This comes amid peace talks between the Taliban and the government backed by the United States. And we got articles on that. A little bit of a summarization. Um, there was an attack in the maternity ward in Kabul um, that left, I think off the top of my head, 24 people dead, including two newborn babies. Nobody claimed responsibility for the assault, but the Afghan government is pretty uh, insistent on blaming the Taliban, even though the Taliban has explicitly denied their responsibility. And also there was a suicide bombing at a funeral that ISIS actually claimed responsibility for. And I think that killed uh, 36 people, if I remember off the top of my head. And on the 14th, the Taliban exploded a truck bomb in the city of Gardez in retaliation to the Afghan president ordering the military back onto the offense. Lots of fun stuff going in Afghanistan. Also on the 12th in Israel, a soldier with IDF died after being struck on the head with a stone in the West Bank. The IDF is still looking for the suspect. On the next day, while searching for the suspect, Israeli troops raided a refugee camp near Hebron. According to an IDF spokesperson, the soldiers were met with a riot and responded with, quote, riot dispersal mechanisms and live fire. It is believed that a 15-year-old boy was killed and four others were wounded by the IDF soldiers. And also on the 12th, in a separate incident, Israeli police in the city of Kalandia wounded a Palestinian man after he was attempting to stab the officers. Lots of fun stuff going on there. On to Asia real quick. A physical altercation between Indian and Chinese soldiers near the Nakula border sector in Sikkim, India, left 11 total wounded. The sector has been an area of conflict between the two nations for decades at this point, pretty much ever since the Chinese Communist Party came into power. We have an article on that. Um, I do want to clarify something real quick. This is a physical altercation. These guys weren't shooting at each other. They, uh, yeah, I don't know, just got into a brawl. And apparently this is something that happens fairly often. The two sides on this border sector haven't fired shots at each other in uh, four decades at least. But it sounds like they get into these physical altercations all the time. So that's kind of weird. And we will take a quick break and then we'll finish it off with Europe and the Americas. And we're back with Europe. On the 16th, French police arrested Felician Kabuga in Paris. He is believed to have funded Hutu militias during the Rwandan genocide, which led to the deaths of at least 800,000 people in 1994. He's been on the run for 26 years, and he was living under a false name. The 84-year-old is Rwanda's most wanted man and had a bounty on his head of 
$5 million from the U.S. government. So uh, hopefully this guy, you know, has his trial. And if he's found guilty, I hope they give him the death penalty. They probably won't, but guy can hope, right? Moving, Moving on to the Americas. On the 11th, Juan Guaido accepted the resignations of his aides. J.J. Rendon and Sergio Vergara over their roles in Operation Gideon. They both admitted to signing a contract with Silver Corp USA to remove Nicolas Maduro and place Guaido as president of Venezuela. Maduro's administration has requested the extradition of both the aides over their roles in the operation. However, they're residing in Florida, so I wouldn't hold my breath on that. On the 14th, Colombia's Defense Ministry announced that an airstrike had killed a key leader from the National Liberation Army, along with three other fighters. The commander was in charge of illicit finances for the group, and he also took part in planning and conducting multiple terrorist acts on civilians and attacks on troops. And if you don't know, Colombia has been fighting multiple guerrilla insurgent groups at least since 1964, if not before that. Also on the 14th, the U.S. Senate approved a bill to sanction Chinese officials involved in the repression of Uyghur Muslims in the country. The bill calls on the executive branch to enact these sanctions. It will now go to the House of Representatives, and if they pass it, it will then move to the president to be signed. And if he doesn't sign it, then it will be kicked back to the Congress, and they need a three-fourths majority to basically approve the bill. If they get that three-fourths majority, then the bill passes without having to go back to the president. And if you didn't know, China's... Uh, a lot of news has come to light on this, especially within the past year. These Uyghur Muslim uh, population, they're like a Turkic sort of ethnic group, right? Um, sort of in, I believe, northwestern China in Xinjiang province. I'm sure I butchered that name. Um, but basically, a lot of news has come out uh, about these people pretty much being put into concentration camps. Uh, it sounds like well over a million of them have been put into these quote-unquote re-education camps, which yeah, I'm pretty sure we could all guess what that means, right? Um, I personally hope they go along with this. Um, I think that's a step in the right direction. We could always do more to kind of... Uh, bring this issue to light and take action on it right but step in the right direction on the 16th and we'll finish it off with this one puerto rico's governor wanda vasquez announced that she will hold a non-binding referendum on statehood in november it will simply ask puerto rican citizens if the territory should immediately become a u.s state now keep in mind congress would have to approve the results of the referendum in order for the territory to move forward with the process of becoming a state and congress has ignored the island's last five referendums puerto ricans are u.s citizens however they cannot vote in presidential elections also they are subject i'm sorry they are not subject to federal income taxes but do still have to pay for social security and medicare and i'll leave you with that Thank you for, uh, you know, taking a look at the podcast. Really appreciate it. Appreciate all the support. Um, like, share, subscribe, rate, whatever you could do on the platform you're listening to this on. 
check out missionessentialgearstayready.me. Of course, it's where you can find our blog, too. We're on Twitter and Instagram, Analyze, Educate, all one word, same handle for both. Um, and you can find this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, you know, Breaker or whatever the hell it's called. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find it. And with that being said, we'll see you guys next week.